What's good, defenders, and welcome to the start of the third century. That's right, episode 201 of the most LAFC podcast on earth. This is Defenders of the Bank, and you know my voice. I am the scarf, J.R. Liebert, and we are live almost in beautiful Lawndale, California, sitting about five or six feet across from me with his foot up on the table. He is the new Gypsy Prince, as he likes to call himself, one Christian Philly Philemon. Covered in diamonds and jewels, might I add. Thank you very much, Scarf. Yes, Defenders, welcome to the third century. That's a really good way to begin this. I never thought of it that way. It makes us sound even older. (laughs) And I'm feeling old right now, yawning at 1120 on a Saturday night, whereas years ago, I would just be getting ready to go out. Defenders... This is going to be an interesting podcast. I am going to refer to this one as the purgatory episode. That's right, the purgatory episode, (laughs) because it is in between us being in heaven or hell come next Friday. This is an interesting match that we're going to debate. Obviously, we have a very big game next week, plenty of things to talk about, but not the greatest of performances from the black and gold this season. Look, the uh, the day started out seeing visions of Giorgio Chiellini at practice. I like how they pointed out on the uh, on the broadcast the first shot they had of Chiellini on the uh, video that they produced was of him walking over to the espresso machine. <laughs> yes, indeed. Why why why, why you got to do my boy like that, guys? Come on! But yeah, it was really exciting to see Chiellini in the tan warm ups there. Uh, Rockstar getting their money's worth today. It'll be Flex getting their money's worth on the eighth. But uh, we went to the King of Wings watch party, Philly. We had a good time there. People of 110 football. We saw Poison Johnny there. Lots of other great people hanging out with us at at, uh, King of Wings in Lawndale. That's right. The very same city that we are recording in today. We walked to the watch party. Yo, that was a very nice thing. I've missed being able to get up and walk to a bar. That is the thing. One thing of many that I miss about being from and living in New York City was the ability to walk. It didn't matter how much you had to drink or eat. It didn't matter. You didn't need to Uber. You didn't need to do anything. You got to walk somewhere. So it was very nice getting some movement out of these older legs. I certainly enjoy walking. I absolutely hate and despise Driving, Of course, a lifelong New Yorker who has utilized public transportation, his legs, and a bicycle. I hate driving. And Scarf, that was probably the the highlight of it. But King of Wings was a great spot. A lot of people were in there. A lot of people rocking LAFC jerseys. The wings were good. They... um, I was a little perturbed by the idea that they were selling $9 beers until I found out they were 24 ounces. (laughs) So based on my math, the three beers I've had, that equated to the fact that I had a six-pack of Modelo. No wonder between that and the wings, I'm feeling like the king of queens. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, look, uh, I want to give a shout-out to Mike, who was the uh, manager that was there today. did a great job of putting it on, of course, all of our friends over at 110 Football. It was a lot of fun, guys. Check out King of Wings. Come come hang out with the scarf in the city of Lawndale. Why not? I feel like we haven't hung out in Burbank in a long time, by the way. We've been in Lawndale an awful lot lately. That is true. I'm happy to hang out in Burbank. We went to that, I don't know, that Narnia sushi restaurant that we went to. That was really, really good. Narnia sushi? Yeah, it was like a themed restaurant. I felt what like wardrobe I was, did we crawl no, into? I felt like I was sitting on like the Disney backlot eating sushi. What was that? Copen Ramen? Is that that place? What was Scarf, that was back for your birthday. Yeah, but I feel like that was the last time we hung out in Burbank, to your that point. That was a lo- No, no way it could have been that long. I mean, probably. God, that's been a very long... No, no way. I mean, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. You guys uh, just want to remind everybody that the Mauricio Mofasio futsal court in Southeast LA fundraising is underway. LAFC, the LAFC Foundation, and the 3252 are partnering to build a futsal court in Southeast LA in Mo's honor, and the link to donate is in our bio. A quick rundown of the episode this day in LAFC history, followed by, uh, I guess there's a news and note that we'll talk about, a quick look back at both the Las Vegas Lights and Angel City, and a breakdown of the match in Vancouver and we'll take a very quick look at the standings and the schedule before we talk about the Derby for just a little bit. And a quick reminder, if you're not already, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Defenders of the Bank and on Twitter at Defend the Bank. This day in LAFC history, Philly mentioned it, we are recording just about a half hour until midnight on Saturday, July 2nd. Let's flip over to the 3rd because that's when many of you will be listening to this podcast. Huh. Happy birthday 
to Fito Zelaya. Yes, Billy? His name is Fito. Oh, boy. Fito Zelaya. Here we go. Got more playing time while he was at the playa. (laughs) I guess it's Fito. Oh, my God. He did score a goal as a member of LAFC. Assisted by Carlos Vela. Absolutely. The embrace felt round the world. Yeah, yeah. Fito. That was great. Fito. Uh, Uh, Yeah, that's it. But wait, (laughs) more Fito in a moment, if you don't mind. Also on the third in 2018, LAFC gave up two late goals, huh? Late goals, huh? To the Houston Dynamo at Houston to tie 2-2. Latif and Mark Anthony K. Latif scoring goals. I remember those days. Latif and Mark Anthony K score. But LAFC gave up goals in the fourth and sixth minutes of stoppage time to leave two points back in Houston. And also on the third in 2019, LAFC defeated Sporting KC in Sporting KC's home park. 5-1, and it was the first MLS goal for Fito Zelaya. That's right. We come full circle. He got one Still on his birthday. much more time down at the playa. <laughs> In the 89th minute from Carlos Vela, the other goal scorers, Christian Ramirez of Aberdeen, Diego Rossi of Fenerbahce, Carlos Vela of LAFC, and Mohamed El Mounir. Where's he playing now? Is he back? Is he back in his, his home country in, of Libya? He's in Libya, yeah. Yeah, hold, back in his hold home on, country. Hold, on, hold that thought. Keep talking. I'll tell you. And, uh, and Fito Zelaya with the fifth goal. Uh, don't forget, Philly, that was the Mohammed El Munir goal that like broke the internet for a minute. Al Ali SC. Yeah, there you go. So he's back in Libya. Uh, that Mohammed El Munir goal, Philly, remember, he went past six defenders and goalie Tim Melia. Up that left-hand side, an absolutely incredible goal from Mohamed El Munir. And LAFC won that game 5-1 despite 38% possession. And that is this day in LAFC history. Philly, the only news and note that I really wanted to talk about on this episode, I don't know if you've got anything that you want to chat about. Nope. But I loved the quote from Carlos Vela about Gareth Bale coming over to LAFC. He said... If he comes in with a good mentality, with a good attitude, he will be really important because he's a big player, Vela said of the 32-year-old. He's coming from Real Madrid, so I don't think I have to talk much about him because everybody knows how good everybody knows how good he is. The only thing I can say is he will have to come to work because it's not that easy like how people think. No, he he's absolutely right. I mean, other players have come into this league with an aura and a spectacle about them that never really, you know, played well. I mean, you can look at Frank Lampard. You obviously can look at Gerard. Steven Gerrard. Yep. I, mean, uh, I mean, the argument out now is against Shakiri. Obviously, Bastian Schweinsteiger was a shell of himself. MLS, for what it's worth, yes, players... Du- Douglas Costa, maybe? Oh, God. So, like, <laughs> Shoulder to Shoulder <laughs> made a tweet about how because of the red card he sustained in the match against Minnesota, he would be missing in the game against LAFC. I mean, even if he was on the pitch, Douglas Costa, for the most part, has been missing for the Galaxy all season. So yeah. it's not like it really matters but no i mean carlos vale is absolutely right and i want to address some of the social media posts that i've seen about oh yeah gareth bale's only come in lafc wait you have is this is this a rant with philly or no 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 not a rant no there is one coming up later in the episode folks i mean let's see how i'm feeling at that point but like (laughs) a lot of people are saying oh yeah it's just a money grab how's it a money grab like he's literally making for the for his salary at lafc is literally what he would make in two weeks at Real Madrid. Right. I mean, I think this is like one of the greatest ideas to bring him in. I mean, a TAM contract, fantastic. $1.6 million. Uh, if he, if he poops the bed between now and November, we don't have to resign him and we don't, we're not obligated to. And at the same time, he has a vested interest because he wants to get himself in ready and in shape to get, do his thing at the World Cup with, with Wales. And obviously we're in a win now mentality. So for those thinking that this is a money grab, maybe from an endorsement sponsorship situation but 1.6 million dollars for gareth bale is like scarf and i finding 20 dollars on the walk to king of wings hardly a money grab in that sense this i would have loved such, to have found 20 dollars on the walk i mean that would have paid for you know that would have paid for like 12 12 wings yeah and no. uh maybe a uh a uh, an ice cream churro thing because amanda <laughs> got really mad at me because all right let me ask you guys a question Uh-oh. if your significant other hands you what appears to be the final piece of a pastry are you going to assume she's only going to want you to take a bite out of it or that you're going to want to, she wants you to eat the whole thing? 
Now, my wife's in pretty darn good shape, but you know, don't get it twisted. She eats more hamburgers and more junk food than I do. I gain weight by eating a salad. It's an unfortunate thing for a, for a guy my age and for a, a once former proud athlete. However, 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 I still would like to know. Like that, that'll be the debate. DM me. I actually have another thing I'd love to DM and have a conversation about later on. But again, if your significant other hands you what appears to be the last piece of a pastry, do you assume that she's giving you the whole thing to eat or only a piece? At me, and, please and do. look, it was a king churro stuffed with cheesecake. It was fantastic, but there was hardly any of it left. I think I gained a pound just saying its name. Like I gained a pound by eating a radish the other day. <laughs> look, um, by the way, I'm on the journey to become a summer scarf rather than a winter scarf right now. So I'm I'm trying to avoid those nylon. Doing what I can. So you want, you're going to be the prince of polyester as opposed to the warlord of wool, huh? I mean, I'll take either one. I really don't mind all that much. But yeah, look, the again, the food was really good over at King of Wings. Go check them out. Let's do a quick Las Vegas Lights update. Without their leading scorer, Danny Trejo, the Lights fell one nothing at home to Detroit City FC. Vegas now has a 15-day break until their next match. What's so that like? I have no idea. Our Angels City Minute, Philly, we were there, the, the site of our one more sleep yesterday. With Angel <laughs> Where I called City, myself Philly and the Scarf? He did. I was like, which one do I get to be? With Angel City poised for victory, Philly, Portland snatched a point from the jaws of defeat. As the two sides drew 1-1, Philly's favorite Angel City player, Savannah McCaskill, scored the fastest goal in Angel City history, finding the net in the second minute, which held until the sixth minute of stoppage time. When Portland's Yasmeen Ryan leveled the match, spoiling the debut of Sydney LaRue, Angel City's next match should be a fun one as Alex Morgan and the San Diego Wave head to the bank for the first time in NWSL history on July 9th. Scarf, I agree with you. Yeah. About Savannah McCaskill. I am the self-proclaimed chairman of the board of the McCaskill Mafia. Yep. I'm putting that on record right hey, now. go for it. I am part of No Sleeves FC, Tyler Lucy, all the way. So there's that. It's time to get into the breakdown of the match. This might be one of our quicker intros uh, getting to the match. Vancouver Whitecaps. Philly talked about this on One More Sleep, I believe. BC place, not a place where we have had a ton of success. In fact, a couple now really weird one nothing losses at BC Place, and uh, look, this is, turf sucks, carpet sucks, soccer should be played on grass, even if it's grass that's got some dirt and some patches in it, soccer should be played on grass, and I'm going to hand it over to Philly while I get a glass of water, because my sound terrible. The, right the only kind of grass is the stuff that, you know, the 420 originals know about. So yes, Bad Carpet Place has not been a very kind place to the black and gold. In fact, the last time I recall a victory in BC Place, you'd have to hearken back to April of 2018 where we won two to nothing. In fact, we haven't had much success against Vancouver in a while. That home game win that we had earlier this season, I believe was a the first time that we had won in a series of four matches against Vancouver. The last three times we went up to BC Place recently, we lost. Like I said, April of 2018 was the last time I recall a win at BC Place. And that place has been a fortress. Despite the fact that the Whitecaps are 11th, well, coming into this game, 11th in the West and 17th in the Shield rankings... Since they were allowed back in BC place of August of last season, they've only lost two games there out of 18. That is insane. They do exceptionally well in BC place. And they've had some pretty good games in which they've shut out some really high-powered teams. Yeah, they're they're defending the place. They're defending their carpet. Let's, let's, (laughs) let's, let's, Let's put it that way. But yeah, BC place, not a very, very good spot for Vancouver. But they've sort of turned things around, only losing one game over the course of the last five. LAFC not having lost since May 18th. Match against the uh, the Austin Austin FC the the fighting the once former fighting Al Rates right. FC Broccoli yada 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 but I would say going into this match we are in a big disadvantage because we had just played a big game on Wednesday so our legs not as fresh as Vancouver's yeah and look Philly will get in the starting lineup so that was kind of weird too for LAFC but uh, before everybody uh, pushes the panic button everybody relax we'll talk about it after the match but panic everybody relax we're fine. 
Vancouver comes out in a 3-4-1-2, led by manager Vinny, excuse me, Vanny Sartini. Hey, yo, Vinny. Hey, I uh, get it, Sartini. You'd assume his name is Vinny. <laughs> right? Hey, yo, wait. There you go. Uh, goalkeeper Cody Cropper, which, again, sounds like a character name in like the Gears of War franchise. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid. Right? Uh, defender um, Tristan Blackman. Heard of him. Formerly of the black and gold, our second ever draft pick in team history, the third overall pick in the 2018 MLS Super Draft out of the University of the Pacific. It uh, still doesn't sound like a real place. It sounds like a giant aquarium somewhere up in Northern <laughs> California. It, it's also where Michael Olawa Candy came from for all of you Clippers fans. Oh my out there. God, there's a name I hadn't heard of. Right? At all. The Candyman. He was very good in college. That's it. Uh, defender Ranko Veselinovich. He's a. Uh, He's, he's a solid defender. Not, not a big fan of Javane Brown, defender. Middle, uh, midfielder Ryan Raposo of Syracuse. Midfielder Andres Cubas, the 26-year-old, formerly of Boca Juniors. More on Andres Cubas at the tail end of our podcast. Midfielder Russell Tybert, who has been with Vancouver since before Vancouver was founded as a city. Midfielder <laughs> Marcus Godinho and their front line of Ryan Gold, Lucas Cavallini, and Brian White. And that, oh, by the way, Lucas Cavallini, Philly, other than being kind of a dirty player and using his elbows a whole lot, a former teammate of Brian Rodriguez's at Penurol. You're not wrong about that. You're not wrong. But also a former teammate of Maxime Cripo. Yep. A, a former teammate of Daniil Henry. Yep. And a player that was once underneath our assistant coach, Mark Dos Santos. And, and those guys get to play against or with each other a lot, too, on the uh, El Maple Tree, the Canadian ma- national team. <laughs> El uh, Maple Tree? El Maple Tree. Not Le Maple Tree? Well, I mean, you know, we have eh? El, El Tree Le from Maple Mexico. Tree? Eh? <laughs> we have El Tree for Mexico and El Maple Tree for Canada. There you go. In the 18, several players we've come to know and love, including Christian Dahomey, but no one cares about them. Philly, this was an odd one for LAFC. It was, but real quick, let's just make sure to, to address this. Okay. Out on the injury report for Vancouver oh, players yeah, yeah. that have hurt us. Yeah. Sebastian Burhalter. I think his dad's hurt America more than most people have. Uh, the jury's Philly, still out on that. Philly one. does not like Greg Berhalter. No, I mean it's just because nepotism. You know, I don't know. It's because nepotism. I like it. Anyways, that's this isn't a U.S. Men's National Team podcast. But anyway, Sebastian Berhalter not in the lineup. Michael Baldissimo, Christian Gutierrez is a pretty solid player and somebody who has hurt us in the past. Diber Caicedo not in the lineup for. Vancouver. Yeah, he was the one I was looking forward to most. He's a young kid, plays really, really well. Just is generally a problem, and he teams up with Dahomey. That that Caicedo Dahomey match, uh, the pairing there. They are they are a tough pair, but I'm glad that he did not play in the match. Yep, questionable for LAFC. Uh, Ismail Tajiri Shradi. He's been out with a left quad. Brian Rodriguez picked up a knock during practice, but again, nothing too serious. Carlos Vela. I saw hatred on it. Kyle Carlos Vela on social media, like saying, "Oh, why is this guy always?" He has no heart. Shut the F up already. Of course he has heart. Did you watch the last game, you bloody moron? There's the first bit of my rants. Uh, But he did not make the trip, nor did he need to make the trip to play on carpet. Uh, Julian Gaines, the most... (laughs) <laughs> the most deadly like pelvis strain in, in the history of pelvis strains. And for those wondering where Jose Cifuentes was, yellow card accumulation, hence why Jose Cifuentes was not there. Now, this lineup, Scarf, yeah. a fascinating lineup. Steven Chirundolo, Mark Dos Santos, Ante <laughs> Razov, Oka Nikolov all went into the laboratory and pulled out some mad scientist-type-ish. Because looking at what they put on the field... Was interesting. Yeah. Again, a game on on short on short break, uh, a week or so before one of the biggest matchups of the season. I wasn't going to be surprised to see this lineup. Obviously, Maxime Cripo gets his welcoming in BC place. Mamadou Fall finally returns to the lineup. He's hey. been missing for quite some time. Jesus Dava Mario, Sebastian Ibiaga. We had Escobar. We had Blessing, who, by the way, for those of you who wondered or don't know the full story as to what he posted, what he social media, it wasn't about how he feels about LAFC fam. Don't get on him about that. He personally hasn't seen his family in years. And don't think for one second that this club has not done everything they can to try to get him reunited with his family. It's Looney Tunes to think that they don't care. Seriously. If you look at around at all the other players, it's never been an issue. There's more to this than all of you will ever understand. Some of you definitely understand, but he was not talking about 
what he feels about LAFC. Right. So just throwing that out there. Uh, Poncho Janela. Yeah. If I can harness my... Uh, <laughs> what, what What's the guy's name? The, the boss in, in office space? Oh, oh God. I forget his Lumber. name. But I, Lumber. Yeah, Lumber. Yeah, Poncho. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Kellen Acosta, Ryan Hollingshead, the Moose, and Chicho Arango. On our bench, John McCarthy, Eddie Segura, Ilya Sanchez, Mahala, Cal Jennings, and Danny Trejo. The, both those players caught a little bit of hate on social media as well. Well, the I per, mean, the person I, I, who hated on them, you could kiss your career as a scout goodbye because you are a moron. I, I, Philly is Philly is a little burnt up about a couple of comments on social media. So get ready. I don't guys. like we, stupid we, people. We, we might have a little rant at the end of this podcast. Philly, the good news about this, though, by the way, is that our second to last game on turf. We only have one more match. All season on turf. It is a late game, late season game anyway, against the Portland Timbers. So the the chaos in the lineup, yes, had a lot to do with turf. Yes, had a lot to do with healthy players. You'll notice he did not say, even though they were questionable, Ishmael Tajiri Shradi or Brian Rodriguez in the 18. To quote, I did say Ishmael Tajiri Shradi. Not in the 18, I'm saying. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned them in the Cheeky Palacios report. is the one that I missed, and that wasn't on any uh, well, report earlier. Yeah, yeah, Cheeky, I think, just sat down, because if he got a yellow, he'd have to sit down for the Galaxy match. Same thing, by the way, coming into this match with Kellen Acosta. More on that in a little bit. This lineup, you guys, for all of you like, oh, what is Steve Trundolo doing? Why are we running a different formation? Why are we playing these players? It's because the next game is more important, guys. This game is a game for the whole season. Not a game for right now. Not a game for three points. Honestly, everything would have been just fine had the last good play of the match for Vancouver not happened. We'll talk about that at the end. But everybody take a deep breath. Everybody relax. We're fine. So we kick off. And I mean, that may have been one of the more boring first halves I've ever seen in a match. Not saying that LAFC wasn't doing exactly what they wanted to do coming in. Not saying that Vancouver wasn't trying to do everything that they were trying to do. But that was just a very, very boring first half. Philly in the fourth minute, it was Tristan Blackman getting his first meaningful touch. And it was a long pass down the wing, forces Max to come way, way out of the Yeah, great name for a song, Scarf. (laughs) Meaningful touch. Meaningful touch. I like it. That's like on the next uh, like Cute is What We Aim For album or something like that. Uh, In the fifth minute, a bad giveaway by Latif, and Max has to dive to corral it after solid defending. You can tell LAFC not really comfortable with three in the back so far. And in the 10th minute, I felt like we had failed to connect with Franco Escobar. You mentioned him in the starting 11 on the right side several different times. Uh, In the 12th, Poncho has one blocked. And then Latif. We mentioned it earlier, guys. No goals, no assists for Latif Blessing on the season. He got a crossbar, though, on that one. Maybe he's getting ready for the All-Star game. He's not going to play in the All-Star game. It doesn't matter. But nailed the crossbar on that one, Philly, 12 minutes in. You know, we got a good opportunity. It's just kind of... I don't know. Back and forth. Yeah, back and forth indeed. I mean, but Latif, to give him credit, did make things happen. I mean, yep. he did connect with Chicho. Chicho had the ball passed to Poncho. You mentioned that you weren't too, you know, happy about Javain Brown, but Javain Brown did get in the way of Poncho Janela's shot and it just ricocheted in front of Latif. And man, it was close. Yeah. It could have been Latif's. I can't believe he has no goals and no assists on the season thus far. It was close, but that was the best opportunity that we did have over the course of the first half. We move over a minute later, (laughs) nervous time as the corner and the clear attempt by Murray falls to Vancouver, but the shot is blocked and cleared. Moving right along, I'm going to go into my 26-minute note. Cavallini with the ball, (laughs) he takes a shot at Poncho. Poncho falls on the ground, and I didn't look at the replay well enough, and I'd like to get your thoughts on it. Did Poncho tactically fall down? Uh, I didn't see that big of a shot by Cavallini, but Cavallini, in fact, yes, is a dirty player. But I I, I don't know. There's just too many reasons for me to just not like Poncho. I just feel like he's... You know, like vanilla ice cream or like missionary sex or just like, oh boy. I don't know. It's, oh, boy. Poncho's just so meh to me. I want every single reason to like like this kid. It's just like I'm like, I don't know. Like watching him play is like watching, I don't know. I'll come back to me. It'll come back. Come back to me on this later. It's, yeah. Poncho look, bores me, bro. And it's not a good analysis, but still. Here's the deal. Poncho got grazed in, in the upper eye forehead area 
You had one reputation, Poncho, kind of a diver, kind of a faker a little bit, versus another reputation, Lucas Cavallini, kind of a dirty player, goes up high a little bit, as we saw twice in this match, actually. <laughs> and luckily for us, Poncho won. We got a yellow card on Cavallini early. It was a soft yellow, to say the least. I, I got a couple things. Okay. Uh, like, po- watching Poncho is like being stuck in traffic, standing in line, being on hold. Junk mail, listening to politicians, watching TV advertisements, uh, and in some you just cases, say advertisements. Yes, and in some cases, Poncho is like you know, like like a slow internet connection. Aren't you from Queens? Yeah, you just said advertisements. Well, so what? I'm just I'm just asking. Queens is cosmopolitan. Okay, uh, look, uh, Latif Blessing. By the way, only Carlos Vela, Diego Rossi, Adama Diamande, and Chicho have more goals than Latif Blessing. In LAFC history, 18 across all 151 competitions, which is crazy to think how far and away more matches that is than any other player who has ever played for LAFC. 121, 30 matches away is Diego Rossi in second place. And turns out Diego's not suiting up for the black and gold anytime soon. So Latif, (laughs) he has been a pillar for this franchise for the last five years, just having a bit of a rough go right now. So... Uh, 31st minute, Chicho with a miss over the bar. 32nd minute, I thought LAFC's back line defending a little better than they were early on in the match. The story, though, 33rd minute, nothing on the corner, but that's four for Vancouver before LAFC has one. Uh, if you're still waiting for LAFC's first corner, so are we. So are <laughs> we. Didn't, uh, didn't have one in the match, guys, so... You can stop listening for corners. It's not like Angel City where the corner kick brought to you by Cedar sinai Cedar sinai would not have been a happy sponsor had they sponsored our corner kicks <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. in this one. Uh, in the 34th minute, Chicho couldn't find anybody with that pass from Poncho, which was a good pass from Poncho. Be nice. Slow internet Chicho. connections. Anyways. Slow internet connections. Anyways. Junk mail. Stuck in traffic. 39th Being on minute. hold. 39th Calling minute. AT&T. 39th minute. I'm done. Bet on it every game. Jesus David Maria with a yellow card. Why not? He got a, he really, there's a shoulder kind of up high. It didn't look like an awful call. It looked kind of like what Cavallini did the second time through on Murray. Yes. Uh, more on that in a second, but maybe that should have been the, the second yellow for Cavallini, but whatever. Uh, Moose is down in the 40th minute. He collided feet with somebody. And then in the 44th minute, Moose is down again, this time colliding with Tristan Blackman. And stoppage time, Philly, that's that second foul that I'm talking about in the first minute there with uh, Murray going down after a real, like, legit shoulder up high, shocked that we get a yellow when Murray does it, but when it happens to Murray, you know, I'm kind of getting the feeling, Philly, Murray maybe is having a little bit of the Shaq rules done to him. Shaq was so big. Got fouls called on him a whole bunch, but they had a hard time officiating when he got hacked. Hack a Murray? Hack a Shaq, murder a Murray, maul a Murray. Maul a Murray. Maul a Murray. I like maul a Murray. Yeah, I don't like murder. It's too many negative connotations. Maul a Murray. That's that's exactly what happened. And with him going down, Steve Chirondolo talked about this earlier in the season during a press conference. Like some of the things that have like, you know, been a hindrance to to LAFC is like players just not having like the the mental like strength to like not let things go. Obviously like you're going to get frustrated when you get hit in the face and Murray going down again. Like this is where we're going to need him to be mentally tough as the season progresses. Things are not going to go your way. Calls are not going to go your way. Officiating. I'm looking at you, Ted Runkle or uncle or uncle, whatever. Oh my God. Why am I forgetting his name? Either way you look Ted like uncle, either way you look like George Burns drawn in real life. And I'll say it at that, but George you know, Burns was real life. Not George Burns, Montgomery Burns. I'm there sorry. You go. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent work, Scott. Excellent. Excellent. But yeah, I mean, you, we're going to need Murray to be tough in those situations. Cause yes, Murray is very um, likely to earn yellow cards, but you know, hopefully, thankfully he didn't lose his cool uh, because he damn well could have, and yeah. he damn well should have. He, uh, progressed. What am I talking about here? He uh, displayed some of that mental strength that we hoped he would because I would have knocked Cavallini's head off, to be quite honest with yeah, you. Yeah, look, Murray was heated, right? He went down again in the fourth minute of stoppage time. Um, he was heated, right? He was super pissed coming off the pitch. And, and look, Murray was on a yellow. We couldn't afford him to get a second yellow because obviously he'd be out for a red card in our next match. And we know how important that next match is. 
Uh, in the seventh minute to close out the half. <laughs> the seventh minute stoppage. Right? When they said there were only four, but it was because Murray was down for a whole lot. Mama Dufal rises up to win the ball off of a corner, and that's the half. And that's also when I said to myself, oh, hey, Mama Dufal's in the game. Literally had not thought about him, had not nothing. Yeah, but that shot that you mentioned that Chicho hit off off target. Yes. That was a cross from Mamadou Fall. Yes. So he definitely displayed some good passing. Sure. That one time. I, I definitely didn't know Mamadou Fall was in the game until that moment. I mean, you would you would have known had Chicho converted on that header. That's very true. That's very true. Philly, a riveting first half with no shots on goal for either nope. side nope. in the match. Nope. We won on on possession time. They had, what, six corners at the end of the half? Uh, we didn't have any. That first half kind of kind of lulled everyone to sleep. Yeah, no, we, uh, dude, like we were king of wings, and there was so much going on. Talk about stimulus overload. We had the UFC fight. We had the Dodgers trouncing the Padres. We have fireworks going off overhead right now. And Hopefully almost, that's fireworks. Philly almost pooped himself right now. Yeah. Well, what do you mean almost? I think it's actually being shot off from the courtyard of Nina's condo complex here. Those are <laughs> some interesting fireworks. Okay, that sounded no, like fireworks. See, what Philly doesn't know about Lawndale. Let me, let me take a quick a moment with the scarf. Lawndale, fireworks are legal. That's right. Legal. So I believe from like July 1st to like July 5th or 6th, you, you can light off fireworks, the legal kind, of course. So what that means, since fireworks are legal in Lawndale, is that from June 1st to September 1st, we have fireworks going on at the worst damn times, period. I will be trying to sleep and it'll be three in the morning. You don't I'll wake sleep, up with fireworks. Uh, but I'm trying to, Philly. I'm trying. Fireworks are legal in Lawndale. You never Lawndale. sleep, because sleep is the cousin of death. <laughs> and and fireworks are everywhere in Lawndale right now, guys. And it was fun to watch Philly. He had a bowel movement, but just nobody saw it happen just now. No, I might have cleared a little bit of space. Uh, that churro <laughs> nearly left my body, FYI. <laughs> and that would have been really bad for both you, Nina, and my pants, chair. and life. Yeah, well, either way. Substitution at the half, Philly steady at the end of the game. For oh, my God. That was my favorite moment of the game. Yep. That was my favorite moment of the game. No, look. I, Eddie subbing into the game was yeah. my only favorite moment of the game. It, it is great to have Steady Eddie back there on the back line. Now 45 minutes, right? So we'll we'll get a chance to see him play. I was a little nervous, 45 minutes on turf for that knee with Eddie, but it looks like he's all right. Uh, in the 46th minute, Latif is down, and he ran into the ref. Just... <laughs> I totally ran that. right into the ref. He was down from it. The ref apologized because Latif had to get medical attention though for a minute. The ref said, okay, I'm really sorry, but you also have to go stand over there for a minute. And so uh, Latif came back on. It was, it was what it was uh, in the 50th, kind of a giveaway by Mamadou in the yep. 51st, another corner and Max has to dive to get it corner after corner after corner for Vancouver in this match. In the 53rd and 54th, Kellen Acosta and Chicho give it a go from distance, but too high. That's right. Nothing close to being on target. And in the 55th, a little bit of nervous time, I guess, as Ryan Gauld goes down in the box, but he gets a yellow for it as it was either force as not simulation. What is it? Embellishment? What is it called? I don't even know. Uh, he went down in the box. It might have been for that or it might have been for a slide that took out the LAFC defender going over the top. So Gauld on a yellow and uh, corners now 7 nothing Philly after the 58th minute. Yeah, but 58th minute, we had some solid defending by Eddie Segura, and you're gonna, you got, you gotta love that. Yep. I think it was Raposo. It was either Raposo or White, I forget. Made a nice move, but steady Eddie was there to break it up. Uh, that led to yet again another corner for the Whitecaps. A couple <laughs> of minutes later, Segura heads out another ball from the box, and steady Eddie, within the first couple of minutes of him coming into the game, clearly having an impact on the back line. You love to see that. 61st minute, we had Moose fouled from behind by Gold. Um, dangerous foul because had he uh, oh, you know, yeah. caught a card right there, that could have been the game. It should have been the, a card. It, it should have been a card. That would have been his second yellow. That would have given LAFC the man advantage. But alas, nothing went our way as far as that is concerned. Uh, 58th minute, solid defending again by Eddie. Uh, oh, did I, I went backwards. You, you, went, you went backwards. I went backwards. Into- 
Yeah, yeah. I hopped into my DeLorean. I said, mad scientist. I thought about Dr. Emmett Brown. I went in my DeLorean in three minutes, kind of like his dog Einstein did in the movie. <laughs> yeah, Philly, it was, uh, there was a weird sequence there in the 64th minute on the eighth corner for Vancouver. That was when Maxime tried to go up to get that ball. He kind of spilt it, and oh, the ball yeah. found... The ball found of all people, Tristan Blackman yet again for a flat-footed header. And and I think the, the save of the match, clearly, goes to Maxime Crapeau on a beautiful diving save to his right. I mean, that was really the moment for Maxime. That, we could have been down 1-0 very early on, and it would have been that man again, Tristan Blackman. See, I don't know, because if you go back to that replay, Mamadou Fall was backing up Maxime Crippo. Yeah. So had Tristan snuck it past Maxime, unless it would have megged Mamadou, I feel like that still would not have been a goal. But it would have been a real big kick to the junk if Tristan Blackman would have done it two straight games against LAFC. Tristan <laughs> Blackman only has one goal, and that was against LAFC at Bank of California Yay, Stadium. Hey, we helped him. All right. Uh, Ilie and Mahala coming in in the 65th minute, corner number nine in the 67th. And then Philly, 68th minute to about the 70th minute or so. There was a spicy wing challenge with 110 football with one Christian Philly Philemon. I, by the way, love spicy food and love wings. Unfortunately, in my attempt to become a summer scarf, my diet is pretty limited right now. Don't worry, it'll be over in 12 days. I can't wait. But Philly, how was the wing? I didn't flinch whatsoever. It and was easy. You had the second hottest one they offered. Right? I mean, I would have been happy taking the one they sure. called nuclear. Like, sure. I would have totally taken that. I love spicy food. The only thing that ever destroyed me, Scarf, back in the day, like when I got started off in my little finance career, we'd go out to happy hours and all these like trainings in like stupid cities where I'd have to like live for a month and yeah. I'm bored out of my mind. I'm looking at you, Hartford, Connecticut, and no offense, Rochester, New York. Oh, um, Canada. But I'd be the dude who would down a bottle of habanero sauce for like a couple of C notes. I would have no problem with that. <laughs> Downing it was easy. It coming, you know, out the next day was right. what was brutal, but that was a piece of cake. I could have done that all day long. I'll say this, and I know we have a lot of people out there that love spicy food to listen to the defenders, many of the millions and millions. Love spicy food. I'll take whatever you got. I've done the one chip challenge. I've done all kinds of other hot sauce contests and everything else. I know exactly what will turn you into, like blow you into smithereens. I doubt it. No, no, I know. Like next time you come back to back to New York with me, anytime they have like these street fairs, yeah. there was this pickle pickle stand and they advertise like the hottest, spiciest pickle sure. you'll ever have. Bring it. And dude- I said the same exact thing. I have a very high threshold for pain and intolerance when it comes to spicy food. Yeah. Literally one bite of this thing, it killed me. I'm with it you. It absolutely killed me. Like I was blown away as to how awful this thing was. And about three or four hours later, I was feeling ambitious. I tried to do it again. I took a bite out of it. Dude. It was the worst thing ever. When we're in New York, we're going to look up a street fair. We're going to find this pickle stand because I've never had anything more horrendously spicy in my life than this pickle. I'm, I'm down. Not I my love, pickle. That pickle. Gross. I love spicy food. I can't wait to try it. Look, I'm one of those people. Bring on the heat. I love it. Bring on the heat. Oh, I can't wait to see your face with this one. In you want to talk about uh, a challenge? That pickle. That'll be fun. Uh, in the up. 75th minute, it was Brian White off the post after a bad giveaway by LAFC. And wow, I thought Maxime did a great job to cut off the angle, but Brian White still finding it on the height there off the post. Again, dodging another bullet. Vancouver really playing well here to close out the match. More on that in a minute. In the 77th minute. Danny Trejo comes on for Chicho Arango. It looks like Chicho, look, they asked about this in the press conference, and Steve Chirundolo Philly in the press conference, he gave very short, like Belichickian answers. Almost. I liked it. I he liked was, it. He was definitely trying to get out of Vancouver as quickly as possible. They asked him about, hey, coming off, it looked like Chicho maybe limping or kind of feeling himself a little bit. He goes, nope. He was fine. Well, 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 the guy, the, the reporter, the person who asked the question was being rather presumptuous. He assumed that Chicho Arango was hurt. He's like, oh, yeah, he, he seemed that he was limping. And Steve was like, yeah, no, he played really hard. 
I love how he addressed it that way. If there's right. anything that I've learned, look, I haven't been doing this media broadcasting thing for too long, but one thing I learned, a valuable lesson, it was from our Max Bredos, by the way. Yeah. Never assume or report on a player, like assuming he has an injury, until you know for a fact, because that's only going to stir up like a hornet's nest, and it's obviously not going to cause a very yeah. good scenario. You don't talk about injuries until you know, so shame on that reporter for not knowing that bit of information. Yeah, look, Danny Trejo, by the way, the second leading scorer in the USL Championship Division with nine goals for Las Vegas lights. Although I will say, Philly, we were watching the match. It did look like Chicho kind of tweaked something there in the groinage area for a little bit. So we'll see how he's doing. He's playing hard. He played hard. Yep. Uh, In the 78th, 79th minute, I love the kind of back and forth that these two teams went there. There was a a really good chance by Godinho. He had a great run, slipping several LAFC defenders. Then Mahalo with a little mini run of his own there on the opposite side. 80th minute chaos again defending corner kicks I thought LAFC was really discombobulated on some of these looked really good on others LAFC couldn't clear and at this point it is 11 nothing on corners in the 83rd we almost I don't want to say we almost had a giggity goal but Ryan Holling said curls one near the goal and it was the first How time would it have been a giggity goal I mean did I say giggity goal yeah I meant scarf, scarf goal. goal thank you thank you Philly and knowing is half the battle uh, the first time we were even close at all, it seemed like in quite a while, Philly. And uh, we had Felipe Martins and Toussaint Ricketts. You want to talk about what? Didn't you make a comment uh, earlier on about somebody being older than the Whitecaps? Yes. I think Toussaint Ricketts is older than the entire country of California. Okay. California? Well, yes. You know what? Some people would classify it as a what country. Just happened? I was going to talk about Canada. Country Just, of Canada. Thank you. Different than California. Well, hey, look, you, you had a biff earlier. I had a I biff did. now. No, that was fun. Your biff rubbed off on what? me. What? Ew, gross. Uh, in the 87th, LAFC still looking completely disjointed in the attacking half. We just couldn't get anything going. Uh, a through ball misses for Vancouver, which I put in my note as kisses. Thank you, autocorrect. <laughs> And in the 88th, Mamadou fall with a yellow, and it was actually a probably a pretty smart foul. He uh, stopped a fast break by just tripping the hell out of a guy. Yeah, yeah not just a guy, uh, our homie, yeah. Dahomey. Christian Dahomey. I have no problem when Dahomey takes uh, a spill. Unfortunately, off that free kick, Philly, just one minute later, uh, this is so frustrating. LAFC had several chances to clear this ball. Here's... Here's the I'm gonna give you the take from Vince LaRosa. Vince LaRosa and I were chatting about this afterwards. And and his take on this was if Ilya is tired, if Ilya starts the match, if Ilya isn't completely fresh coming off the bench, then maybe he just pushes it out of bounds, lives to fight another day. But he probably saw Trejo and Mahala streaking upfield and thought, I can make one play to get us a winner to close this one out and get three points instead of one. But why we are trying to clear and make moves through the center of the pitch on this one is completely, completely the wrong decision. LAFC having several chances to clear even before that. But why? Why doesn't Ilya just play it off to the side? We got caught. We got caught. And we weren't playing for a goal. We were playing for a point. Let's yep. be real. Steve Trundolo said it in the press conference. After the 80th minute, you're looking for a point. And in his exact words, we were not able to calm the game down enough in the last five minutes. Just a very frustrating minute there. And it was Kubas, Andres Kubas, the former Boca Jr., who slotted home to the right of Maxime Cropot. One nothing with just stoppage time basically left to play. It was a great goal, but you know, despite Ilié's Faux pas, and yes, I mean, he he gave it right to Kubas, and Kubas had a monster of a shot, a goal of the week candidate, without a doubt. But Vancouver was heavily knocking on LAFC's yep. door. If you look at the possession, it'll say that LAFC had the lion's share of it. But I don't... It didn't seem that way watching the game in the second half. It just felt like Vancouver just had much possession and kept... Uh, threatening to score. So it was only a matter of time before they would connect. But yes, that one mistake would it would have been the difference between us winning and, and, and no, losing and getting a point. Um, it was an unfortunate thing. But yeah, the young Argentinian designated player punches it into LAFC's yep. back line and punches it into the back of the net. And 
Look, you, we could talk about the way the rest of the uh, game went, but, I mean, that was it. Yeah, there really wasn't anything that happened in the four minutes of stoppage time. And as you can hear from my voice, I got nothing left either. Stop <laughs> me if you've heard this before. A one nothing defeat in Vancouver after just a weird lineup, weird circumstances. So this harkens back to 2019, where we go up to BC Place again on a short turnaround and lose a really stupid Stupid game to Vancouver. Who was Huang, the, Huang and Bomb? Was yeah, who was like who's a Bundesliga two player when he went over to Vancouver to begin with? Yes, I remember that game because that was the last time we saw Shaft Brewer. Uh, I mean, that was an interesting game. Another situation in which we saw an interesting lineup. It was yeah. Nico Hamalainen. Yep. It was. Uh, oh my God! Why am I forgetting the name of the uh, the young Jamaican kid? Um, oh, Peter Lee Vassell. Yeah, I mean, it was an interesting lineup, which yep. obviously, like you know, killed most of their careers for LAFC. But yeah. again, that's the game. It was unfortunate. We did some tinkering. We had. No opportunities. That's the frustrating part. Other than Latif's shot off the crossbar yep. and that cross from Mamadou Fall to Chicho, who headed it, who headed it, not even close to on target. We didn't come anywhere near. Vancouver had more shots than we did. Vancouver had more shots on target than we did, and that was two, two shots on target from eleven shots, and it only took that one. That unbelievable one that came as a result of a mistake. And, you know, tell me if you haven't heard this before. You know, the mistake from the LAFC backline costs a goal and a W. But no big deal. Yeah, I really don't think this is a big deal. My, uh, my favorite stat of the match was chances created on the MLS soccer website. Chances created for Vancouver? Zero. Chances created for LAFC? Zero. Yeah. That's it was a boring Pretty game. much how it went. Look, everybody, let's be real. We lost the game one nothing. We never like to lose. We never go into any match thinking we should lose, especially with the amount of talent we have now. That being said, if we're able to kill off this final play and we leave nothing nothing, that's exactly I think if you really corner Steve Trundolo and say, "Look, would you be okay with a nothing nothing draw?" and we all get out of here healthy and we go to face Carson with our entire lineup ready to roll, the answer is absolutely, you guys. One bad play, one bad decision by Ilya, trying to be a little too aggressive in a moment where we were absolutely not needing to be aggressive at all. That's what cost us. That's really what cost us today, you guys. Let's be real. That's it. Don't, the sky isn't falling, okay? No. Yes, the, the performance was humdrum. The performance was boring, but that's kind of what Steve Trundolo was looking for, you guys. That's it. That's it. So just relax. We got everybody healthy. We're going to be getting Chiellini and Bale. We got Eddie Segura, who's back and playing healthier than ever, 45 minutes in this match. We'll have a healthy Carlos. We'll have a healthy Brian Rodriguez. And we'll have a full arsenal ready at Bank of California Stadium July 8th when we take on Carson. Yeah. Again, we call this the purgatory episode. We're in an eh place that's in between heaven or hell. We are either going to be celebrating like mad next week yep. uh, or we will be uh, you know pissed off as hell and actually I just remembered something I kind of wanted to bring up in topic and conversation go on okay so we were at the Angel City game and I'm going to ask you this and I want to ask all of the millions and millions the same question and I would love to hear your answer please DM us I think this is an interesting conversation now we go to Angel City we at do. Bank of California Stadium yeah in my interpretation and the way I strongly feel I go to those games to support that league and to support those women. Yep. I put all my allegiances aside in terms of like, you know, like LAFC. Like I don't look towards that. I will never wear sure. LAFC gear for an Angel City game because to me it's all about those girls. Sure. Needless to say, later on that day after the game was concluded, I happened to go to the restroom where there was a guy wearing a Galaxy jersey and another dude in there wearing Galaxy gear as well. And, uh, you know, they see each other like, yeah, let's go Galaxy. And, well, I, I couldn't keep my mouth shut. I'm like, no way. Wait, you couldn't keep your mouth shut? Yeah, yeah. Could imagine that. Okay. So, anyway, we walk out of the bathroom and I look over at the guy wearing the Galaxy jersey. I'm like, hey, uh, you know, good luck next week. And he goes, oh, yeah, man. I'm like, you're going to need it. And Amanda got really mad at me. She's like, why are you being that way? It's bigger than this. It's bigger than that. And, like, I get it. But to me, but to me. The guy in Bank of California Stadium wearing a Galaxy jersey yes. for an Angel City game. Yes. That to me is beyond disrespectful. Even if 
Angel City games were to be played at Dignity Health Sports Park, I would not wear an LAFC branded anything out of respect for Angel City and for those girls. Because we obviously get into the debate between Galaxy and LAFC, and yes, that's a heated rivalry. But to me, seeing that in Bank of California Stadium, I personally took offense. Sure. And I wouldn't have said anything like, I instantly saw the galaxy crest and like I shrug as if like, oh, I saw the most disgusting thing I could have possibly have seen. Like I would have rather had bird poop fall on my face than look at a galaxy crested jersey. But again, to me, I view it as disrespectful to what that guy did. I view it as disrespectful for those guys to like chant, go galaxy in Bank of California Stadium. And I don't think I was wrong by saying, good luck, you're going to need it. I would have walked away. He could have antagonized me. I wouldn't have been a jerk in that sense. But you tell me, do you think that is disrespectful? Oh, if you're asking my opinion on it, the answer is absolutely is disrespectful, right? But I'm going to turn it on its head, Philly. Do you know why those guys wore the Galaxy crest to Bank California Stadium? You tell me why. To piss off guys like you, Philly. That's exactly why. Look, my, my thing is this. I am surprised more than anything else that those guys chose to wear Galaxy gear anywhere considering the run of play that Carson has had over the last month or two. Yes, since their victory over us, they have been a dumpster fire. So I am shocked that anybody would want to wear the Herbalife sash and that crest of the Galaxy anywhere, let alone Bank of California Stadium. But Philly, just like the guy at the Iron Maiden concert and just like these two guys now, all they're doing is looking for guys like you and or anybody else that wants to do something stupid. And they also want to take the Instagram photos and send shots to their friends. Oh, look, I'm wearing the Galaxy jersey inside the California I don't know, Bank man. This is like a middle-aged Stadium. dude who was in like his 50s. That's like- all the Galaxy has. Tell me. But this you, is a guy who probably doesn't know how to like hold an iPhone, let alone I, Instagram. I hear you, but tell me. If you've watched Carson play since LAFC has come into the league, LAFC, far more wins, far more points, far more goals, a supporter shield when they have nothing to add to their vaunted trophy case since we have come into the league, that's all they have left. That's all they have left. And you, I might as well, I might, I might add, probably handled it in the best way possible that I could have imagined you handling that. You you wished them luck and said they'll need it. And then you went on your way. The guy was like, I guess he like took it as a cordial thing. Because again, like I wasn't wearing any LAFC gear. Sure. He's like, oh yeah, we're going to, you know, he's like, oh yeah, thanks, man. I was like, you're going to need it. And I guess Amanda said the way you said it was very antagonistic and threatening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You wear that POS knit in our stadium on a day where we're not playing where you're supposed to support angel city yeah i'm gonna be peed peed off but what was i gonna look to start a fight with the guy no i wouldn't have said anything had him and his whatever galaxy brethren not said go galaxy in my presence that ticked me off anyway and it set me off so that's that i'd love to hear your thoughts on this defenders do you think a person wearing a galaxy jersey at an angel city game at bank of california stadium is rude and disrespectful i'd love to hear your thoughts please dm us i i do think by the way going back to what you said though um i i want to echo the same sentiments that i i look Billy and I, you guys know us. We've been there since day one. We are two of the biggest LAFC faithful supporters you could ever imagine. But yeah, we're not going to wear LAFC stuff to an Angel City game. And I just want to put that out there to everybody that goes, at least pick up an Angel City t-shirt, pick up a hat, pick up a scarf, pick up something that allows you to rep them while they're in our stadium. I do feel like it is so incredibly important. And I want everybody to know out there, the NWSL looks like looks like after 10 years now that they are here to stay there's a lot of changes they need to make there's a lot of things they need to do to uh to really put that league on solid footing but if you could head out to any match this season the next match at bank of california stadium for angel city against the san diego wave with alex morgan on the pitch against Sidney larue and everybody that we have on angel city I, I don't think there'll be a better representation of the women's game in America than this match. You'll have the, in my opinion, best player, maybe next to Sophia Smith in the NWSL, Alex Morgan, facing off against a fun-to-watch Angel City Club. I, I'm telling you guys, get out there 
and check out that next game because it is going to be incredible. Please follow the Angel City Chicks at Angel City Chicks on Instagram and Facebook and everywhere else because they do an incredible job talking about this team. But please check out the women's game. When you see the families, when you see the faces of these women and these girls in the stands light up because for the first time in a long time, they feel like they have representation out there on the pitch, you'll understand why it's so important to just pick up an Angel City t-shirt, a jersey, a hat, a scarf, something that you'll wear to the games instead of whatever MLS club that you support, whatever Premier League club that you support, whatever national team that you support. Unless, for instance, we saw a lot Philly in the stands yesterday. We saw a lot of Sydney LaRue Team USA jerseys. That was cool. I I saw a Kristen Press, uh, was it Kristen Press? Uh, Manchester United uh, jersey. That was cool. Those are fine, right? But I I completely echo your sentiments, Philly. I would not at all wear LAFC to an Angel City match because I want to support those women and the league, the NWSL. Yeah, cool. At least we're, we're we're on point with that. And that being said, God, I can't wait for this Galaxy game. Yes. I'm going to be nervous. But I, honestly, anything other than a a uh, significant win to me would be a, a W, a, a, an L. Yeah. We tie, it's yeah. a loss. We barely get by them, a loss. They yep. have not been playing well. Yep. Douglas Costa, a POS. And you know what? Even the Galaxy supporters would agree with that. They have not played well, but all that being said, they obviously rise to the occasion. And they're going to be antagonistic when they come to Bank of California Stadium, as they always are. Let's try to give uh, you know a pretty positive showing, because this is going to be a marquee matchup. The biggest matchup, I would say, between now and at the very least, the All-Star break. Yep. Um it's always a big match when it's, these two teams It's the collide. biggest match left on our schedule, Philly, other than playoffs. I'm saying it right now. It's the biggest match on our schedule. I don't care how Seattle is doing later in the season, what RSL is doing, what Austin is doing. The only thing that could supersede this being the biggest match left is somehow at the end of the season, if we have one match to play for the Supporters' Shield or the Western Conference or something like that, obviously. But this is it. Circle the wagons. Get everybody ready. And LAFC, faithful, the black and gold nation, the supporters, the 3252, the millions. And millions. Be smart. Be safe. I don't want to make the news for anything other than a thrashing of the galaxy. I don't want to make the news for fights. I don't want to make the news for injuries. I don't want to make the news for what happens in the stands other than, man, that supporter section at LAFC comes to bring it every single match. Here's the deal. Carson is already throwing dirt on themselves. You guys have been on yeah, they're Twitter. cannibalizing themselves. Yeah, you guys have been on Twitter. You guys have been on Instagram. You've been on Facebook. You've seen what they're saying about themselves. Don't give them any ammunition. Don't give them any fodder. Just give them L's on the pitch and in the stands. That's all we need to do. And you're absolutely right, Philly. Anything less than three points might as well be no points because we must win this game. I get it. We're going to be amped. It's a very good possibility, Philly, that Chiellini and Gareth Bale both make their black and gold debuts in this match. But LAFC can't afford to start slow. LAFC can't afford a nothing-nothing halftime score or allowing, God forbid, what happened last time a couple of quick ones in the first half for Carson. We can't afford any of that. People want to say, oh, Latif's blessing is having a bad year. No goals, no assists. Yeah, he's our like ninth best player. Kevin Cabral, one of your designated players, has no points, no goals, no assists on the season. That's a POS right there. So my thing is this. We are coming into this match, Philly, healthy. We are coming into this match. We'll be rested relatively, right? From now until the 8th, there's plenty of time to get rested. Eddie will be healthy. Gareth Bale will be here. Chiellini has already had one practice under his belt and an espresso. I think this is it. This is the biggest match on the schedule. And because it'll be Bale, because it'll be a Chiellini, this 
might be one of the maybe five, ten biggest matches that LAFC has played in our first five years. I, I, I agree. I, I'm so, so looking forward to this. A convincing win is the only thing that'll convince me that this team is for real. And I'm going to call it right now. Yeah. Bale's going to come in late into the match, and his heroics are what's going to propel us, or at the very least, give us the like the nail in the coffin. It's going to be Bale. Bale is going to do to the Galaxy what Zlatan did to us. I'm not saying he's going to have a brace or anything like that but he's going to have one of these wunder goals um that is going to go viral on the internet and he's going to stamp himself as a legend for lafc should he have that opportunity again that him and chiellini are eligible if there would ever be a game to display them and to bring them in it would be that match because that is the marquee matchup in this league perhaps for the entire season. Bring those two on and let Bale thrash the Galaxy like he's thrashed countless teams. Highlight reels. Oh my God, I can't wait. And if he does do this, if I call this out into the ethers and all that other jazz, we're all buying lottery tickets, baby, and shots on the scarf. <laughs> Look, I'm hoping to be hit up by Gio Garcia before uh, this week is over because I can't wait to talk to my buddy Chris over at the Galaxy Guy podcast. Biggest POS, period. uh, That'll be fun. We'll see if it happens. But Philly, I think now it's just anticipation time. We got six days until the Derby on Friday, 7 o'clock, Bank of California Stadium, July 8th. Be there Friday night. Why couldn't they put it on a Saturday night? Friday night. (laughs) Okay, I I will have worked all week doing summer camp stuff. You will have worked all week doing finance stuff. And we will be there, be there on Friday, well before seven o'clock as part of the chorus of the black and gold to go to Friday services at the Cathedral Bank of California Stadium. And that's it for 201. You know how we like to end each and every one of our episodes. Bye bye.